There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome into another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. It's a questions from the audience edition. And uh, as a brief aside, seeing how popular this week's interview is with young page views of Barstool, to give you the numbers breakdown, in case you care, uh, the most popular interview in the month of October 2018 was with the Cardinal Chairman Bill DeWitt. Uh, young page views is already through 48 hours at 75% of the downloads of what uh, our most popular interview in uh, October was uh, over the course of, I think that was up for about 21-ish days, if my memory serves. So uh, Young Page is performing very well, and it's an interview. It's it's unique, I think, in the sense that uh, it's different than many of the interviews that we've done on the show. I loved it. Gangster Pete loved it. Nick loved it. And uh, if you haven't listened to it, I'd recommend it. I think the, the, the best compliment on it, which is a compliment to him, not me, uh, is that a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm not a barstool person, so I have no idea who Young Page uses. Why is he on? Who is he? And then people listen to it, and they're like, oh, my God, this guy is instant offense. It's a phrase I keep using. I need to come up with something different. But he's hilarious. He's talented. That would be the more just uh, generic way to describe it. And uh, I think you'll enjoy the listen. It's a two-parter. So that's the interview that's up this week. Plus, we have pick six coming up this week. Um, I went three and three last week. Producer Joe went four and two and G unit two and four gangster Pete. Is that right? So I still have the lead. Um, and so we'll do that coming up kind of doing pretty well with that. At least Joe and I are, um, but still, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm getting picks from another guy and, and he's doing really well. So I can't take any credit for it. Uh, it's also my way of couching it for when he has a bad weekend that I can blame it on him because that, my friends, is how you lead. Uh, we are in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I always, I think of the three podcasts that we do each week, and who knows, maybe we'll add on. This is the one I enjoy the most just because, uh, as I always say, it gives me time to breathe and think, and it's just, and I'm all, I always do it right after I do TMA, so it's like three hours of like, you know, it's you're, you're running a very fast-paced offense, and this is kind of my uh, come down. So uh, I enjoy it, and I don't even know what I'm going to wind up talking about. I click on my email file with QFTA in it, and then I open up the emails, and we go, and then I click on the fan page and, and see what the questions are there on the TMA fan page on Facebook, and I go there. So we have that coming up for you today, and we'll see what we uh, have. It is the morning after midterms. I don't know if there'll be political-themed questions or not, but uh, I want to make sure that I thank our sponsors because without them, we have no podcast. So if the time comes and you go, Tim, what happened to the podcast? I'll go, well, the sponsors are gone or a sponsor is gone. And that's how the podcast exists. That's the, uh, that's what it's all about. And we need the sponsors. And you know what that means? I need you to support the sponsors. If you love the podcast, please do. Uh, and if you're like, well, I don't live in the area. How can I support the sponsors? It's a good question. Email me. I don't know. People have talked about us doing a Patreon. I don't know if you're familiar with Patreon. You're probably not. I'm sure some of you are. Um, and maybe that would be the way to do it. I don't know. I don't know. I will tell you this. The thing that, uh, we have going on, it's a separate company, but it's with, uh, me and Dan McLaughlin just started it, just opened up the LLC like, uh, three weeks ago, not even three weeks ago. Um, 
God, I'm excited about this. I'm like dangerously excited about it. Uh, and I think Dan uh, McLaughlin and Gangster Pete and Nick are excited about it. And then I've hired a couple people in the last 24 hours because they saw what, what's going on and they're excited about it. And who knows? Maybe we'll look back on that and go, hey, remember that thing you were excited about? How about that whole, how about that whole deal? But uh, what we're Dan, Dan and I are going to be doing uh, is the Mattress Direct Hot Stove League show. And um, once a week from uh, November through the end of January, we'll be doing a show certainly focusing on the Cardinals offseason activities, but also the activities around baseball and whatever other St. Louis sports or questions in general people want to ask. And it'll be on both Facebook Live and on Twitter Periscope. Um, so even if you can't watch it live on those social media platforms, you can go back and watch it or you'll be able to listen to it. And, um, and it's just something that Dan and I did at spring training earlier this year. And Dan reached out in September and said, hey, you want to do that again? I said, sure, man. I'm planning on being down there. Never know what will happen, but uh, that's the plan is for me to be down there. And he said, cool. And I said, sweet, start in February. And he goes, well, what about doing it in November? I go, yeah, what about doing it in November, especially with all the attention on the Cardinals offseason? Yeah, that's the thing, man. People are like, man, you you come up with these ideas and you sure down. I'm going, no, I, I'm, 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 I'm quote, unquote, successful by default. That was so obvious uh, that uh, – you know, I mean, I, that was a big miss on my part. Thank God for Dan. He's like, yeah, why not do it in November? I'm like, yeah, why not do it in November? So we're going to do it in November. And we have our first edition coming up uh, this Monday. And it's from the Improv Shop. It's presented by Bud Select. It's the Bud Select presentation of the Dan McLaughlin and Tim McKernan Q&A. Tickets are available at eventbrite.com. Just type in our names and the, the event will pop up. And, uh, and what you're going to get is a ticket for $50 that includes your ability to ask questions of our guests that evening. And that's John Mazalak. So uh, the door is open at 530. We'll have Nana Mama's pizza, salad, appetizers there for you. It's all included with your ticket. As it's presented by Bud Select, we will have drink specials for you at the Improv Shop, which is uh, located in the city just east of the Grove. It's owned by my brother. I am very proud of my brother. He is a very good guy. He's a very smart guy. And this was a passion project for him that has turned into a business. And I have an incredible amount of respect for him for what he has done. And so I'm thrilled to be able to bring our audience to my brother's place. And uh, hopefully you'll get a chance to see it if you haven't seen it before and see what he's got going on. He's opening up another one in Kansas City. He's got a good thing going on. So that's where we'll do it. It will be an intimate setting where I would imagine John Mazalak will be candid. And uh, I, lo I love these kinds of things, man. I love these kinds of things. I love, like, town halls. Like, if I were a politician, I'd look forward to the town halls. Because that way, a lot of times I think people come in with perceptions, and then they get to ask somebody a question that they're like, well, he'll never answer this question. I've seen a few people tweet when Dan and I post about the event. I'm not going. I don't care what he's going to say. I already know what he's going to say. I'm like, all right. You know, I mean, what a, what a way to go through life. Uh, when you actually have the opportunity to ask someone a question and you choose not to, it seems to me to be rather, uh, rather ineffective, but you know, maybe I'm missing something on that. But, uh, anyway, the tickets are online at eventbrite.com. Uh, the food is included, drink specials included. John Mazalak will go on stage with me and Dan McLaughlin at six 30 and, uh, and he'll be around for about a half hour. And then about an hour after that, Dan and I'll take questions and just be asked. And I love doing that stuff kind of like questions from the audience. And then plus we have hockey nights coming up. That's also on eventbrite.com. That's presented by Bud's, uh, Bud Light. And that's Dan McLaughlin and I hosting uh, people in a penthouse suite for the Blues and Predators on November 23rd. And, uh, and the portions of the proceeds that go to the Three Little Birds for Life for our Q&A, portions of the proceeds from our hockey night presented by Bud Light 
go to the Special Education Foundation, the charity Dan has worked with for a number of years. I've worked with Three Little Birds for Life for a number of years. So that's what we have going on. Uh, super excited about all this stuff. The tickets for the hockey game include all of your food, like gourmet food. We have a personal bartender. It'll be a nice, uh, nice way to enjoy a blues game. It's a Friday after Thanksgiving. You're hanging out with me and Dan. Ideally, you're bringing some friends, family, whatever. It's not like we have 300 seats, so it'll be intimate, similar to the Mazalock Q&A. Um, and from my standpoint, that's the way to enjoy a game. Um, so go online at eventbrite.com and check that out as well. That's what we got coming up. So anyway, there it all is. Uh, and it's all made possible by our sponsors. It's as simple as that. I think I'm pretty transparent with how this thing works. We, if we don't have sponsors, we don't have a podcast. And, uh, Ryan Kelly has been with us from the very beginning. He's been a sponsor of the radio show for a number of years, and he's a sponsor of the podcast. And I want to drive one thing and one thing only. If you're buying a home or refinancing, go to thehomeloanexpert.com. That's it. It's very simple. If you're buying a home or if you're looking to refinance, go to thehomeloanexpert.com. They couldn't make it any more simple for you. And you will click on whichever tab, you know, is going to serve you, which is buying the home or refinancing. And the next thing you know, it's being tended to. Uh, online at thehomeloanexpert.com by a very certain with an incredible staff and customer service that you won't find anywhere else. It's Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com, the sponsor of the studios here on the Tim McKernan Show. Also have a new sponsor. Support the sponsors. New sponsors as well. Mike Judy Presents. If you're on the TMA fan page, you've seen his ad, um, and he has gotten on board here with the podcast and very excited to have him. Now, for years, many people would know that Mike Judy Presents has been responsible for bringing St. Louis some of its finest concerts uh, and there's, you know, one of the things that I, I like, I got to know Mike here recently and, um, told me about his business. And the thing about Mike is, is that he, uh, is responsible for a lot of shows that I just don't think people would, uh, go, Oh, really? That was an in local independent promoter. You know, people think of the big boys, but Mike is a local, uh, independent promoter. Uh, and it's Mike and his team, and they do a great job. They're online at MikeJudyPresents.com. And a lot of the shows with some up-and-coming acts are brought to town by Mike Judy Presents. Um, you know, he's a St. Louis area-born musician. He's independent. Uh, and you can check him out at MikeJudyPresents.com. Um, and I think I think you'll find that when you see all the, uh, the concerts that he is bringing to St. Louis, you go, man, I like to support a guy who's local and who's independent um, and who really does a fine job, um, especially with finding the acts that are up and coming and bringing them to St. Louis. That's that's the key. Not everybody does that, and he's got his uh, ear to the ground on that. His name's Mike Judy. The company is Mike Judy Presents. Check him out on social media uh, and follow him. Support the local guy. That's the name of the game there. It's Mike Judy, P-R-S-N-T-S -S on Twitter. Mike Judy Presents at MikeJudyPresents.com. So it's questions from the audience day here at the uh, program on the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I shall go into the email, the file, QFTA, and it's kind of, I just file things there. So it's kind of like a grab bag. Uh, and let's start with this one, shall we? We shall. Uh, Tim. Your live read about working with a financial advisor got me thinking. He's speaking of Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies online at evergreenstl.com. What have you learned that you would tell yourself at 22 about smart financial decisions? Not necessarily investment specific, but things like I pissed away too much money buying a new car or I partied too much with my friends without having a 401k established. It's a great question. It ties into one of our advertisers, which is shrewd on your part because it increases the probability of it getting read. 
know the business. Well done, Dan. Um, and that's that, that when I when when Mark reached out to me about advertising on the podcast, uh, we got together as I will always do with somebody who wants to advertise, whether it be on TMA um, and they're going through me, uh, and then also on. Uh, the podcast, and uh, certainly Dan McLaughlin and I. Uh, hell, if you want to have lunch with Dan McLaughlin and I, the quickest way to do that is by saying, "Hey, I want to advertise on your Facebook Live show." And I'm telling you something right now. And I and it's a tip of the cap to the, the companies that have already bought into the podcast show, or excuse me, the, the Facebook Live show, uh, and the Twitter Periscope show with me and McLaughlin, the Hot Stove show, which is presented by Mad Mattress Direct. Once we got done testing it out and all the software yesterday that think, makes this thing like a TV show, the advertisers who got in like now early. They got themselves a great buy. And I realize that sounds so salesy, but after I saw it and after Nick and Pete saw it and then Dan went online and he saw it, we're just like, oh my God, this, 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 this is incredible. You know, Dan and I did something in Jupiter where we're just sitting in front of like signage, which is fine. I mean, you know, when I bought cameras and the cameras, it's not like they were inexpensive, uh, but because we, we wanted to put on a good product, but now I see what we can do. And it's, and this is only eight months later. It's so good. So we're so excited about it and it might lead to more. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the background on it that we want to meet with the people who are going to, we're going to and be endorsing because if we don't feel good about their business or them, we're not going to speak for them because we're putting our names out there. So that's why when I met with Mark and he called me and told me what he does and I'm like, oh, because I happen to be working on some stuff for, uh, you know, once you have a, a child, you certainly get more active on tending to your financials. And so it was fresh in my mind. And uh, like I said, Mark's online at evergreenstl.com. And I had somebody here recently. Uh, actually, I had to pull up this email um, once I answer the question, see if I can remember to do this. I put about 3% I remember to do this. Um, that, uh, that met with him, but he's exactly what you need. And so by that, when your question is, not necessarily investment specific, but things like I pissed too much money buying a new car or I partied too much with my friends without having a 401k established. Um, it wasn't really that. Um, when I think about it and now knowing, I mean, obviously I'm privy to knowing how much money I was making. Um, and it's an absolute no win situation whatsoever to discuss that publicly. And I would not do that. This is not the parties in the park podcast. This is the Tim McKernan show podcast. But uh, I, I, you know, I mean, I'm single. I'm in my mid twenties, I guess. Yeah. And I was doing both television and radio and it got to a point in 2004. So I'm 27 where I was doing both. And my radio salary got like tripled when the new ownership group from Atlanta came in and said, we want to build a show around you and Martin Kilcoin and Jim Hayes, uh, to their credit, they identified that. Uh, and that was the beginning of the morning grind, which is now the morning after. And then I was still doing TV, which is why I was able to leave TV because I was making much more from doing radio. Um, and, uh, and so I know what that dollar figure is and I'm 25, 26, 27 with doing both. And even if that's the money that I was making now, I would, I would be able to save money much less than when I was not married. And when I, uh, was not, uh, when I was not a father um, I'm going to do the Mike Francesa here and answer a text while I'm on the podcast, uh, but I have to do it. It's for signage for our event on Monday, and I got to get it. Uh, so anyway, that's that's what I regret. It wasn't like I'm like, oh, yeah, I had a sweet Coke habit or, oh, I was betting thousands of dollars on sports and losing my ass. I guess you could say 
I was a fish at the game of poker, online poker, and I'm sure I lost for real dollars over the course of the three, four years that I was a losing player. Like for real, thousands. Like it, like it would be. I don't want to know how much. At the same time, if you average it out over three years, it wouldn't be like it'd be like you know life altering, but it's still a substantial. And I'm embarrassed by that. That's that's. But what I'm talking about is. For example, well, I can't say it because it's a personal and I'd be identifying somebody. I know someone who I think was in a similar situation as me, both with the property uh, this person owned and um, and what their income was. And whereas I was like, yeah, deposit another 400 into Poker Stars that has no chance of ever coming out. Um, or, yeah, why not stay out until 5 in the morning at, you know, penthouse cabaret or Hollywood nights or whatever and chase threesomes, uh, which is really how I spent most of my twenties. It's how I'm spending most of my forties actually. Uh, it, that, 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 what that does is it, it's not that it necessarily costs me a lot of money, but it's time. I keep going back to that. And then, so, you know, I've, and then, then you, then when you're doing that, then you're not maximizing your, your ability. And then furthermore, it clouds your judgment, and then you do things that, if I could, this person that I was speaking of paid off their property, uh, their home. And, uh, you know, obviously it wasn't like a whatever, a monster home, although certainly somebody in their 20s could do that if they're really, you know, making an incredible amount of money. Well, like a condo, and I had a condo, and I could have absolutely been in a position at least to pay it down. I mean, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Um, now a lot of people would tell you and people way, way, way smarter than me when it comes to money management, that that isn't necessarily the best way to handle your money. It depends on what the market's looking like, but that you can take that money that you would pay down your home on and as opposed to paying it down, just pay the, you know, what you're, what you're needing to pay and then invest it. So I'm not, I'm not advocating one way or the other on that. I'm just saying I didn't invest it and I didn't pay it down. And I had, I mean, it, it, God, uh, I mean, there's just things that are just like, you know, I don't want to say I'm lucky. I'm okay. But it's, but when I think about it, like I just, like there's certain, um, milestones, I guess in life, uh, you know, and I'm in my thirties when this stuff's going on. So it's, you know, I mean, in your twenties still, I think you kind of got to be up on it, but in your thirties to still be like knowing what I had set aside. I mean, it's, 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 it's all contextual. Like if somebody's making $2 million a year, it's different than somebody that's making, you know, whatever on, on the low end or around what the, the, the U.S. poverty line is in 2018 for, for a household. So, you know, again, that's relative. But I'm saying I just did not save. And I did not even, the thing that's, that's amazing, I think the thing that's most embarrassing when I talk about it is that I didn't even think about it. Because I know myself and that if I was thinking about it or if somebody had all it would have taken, I swear to you, if I would have met Mark Hanna uh, of Evergreen Wealth Strategies in 2008, I'd be in a much better spot now. And I know it sounds like a spot, and I guess theoretically he's an advertiser, so I am doing an advertisement. But this was a question that came in because all I need is it's, it's like when I started working out and getting in better shape. All it took was reading a book that gave me a plan, and once I have the plan, and then as long as I see results fairly quickly. And I did like really quickly. I'm like, well, shit, this works. So I do it. And then it becomes kind of, I don't want to say easy because you still got to get yourself off your ass and go to the gym and monitor what you eat and do the proper workouts and ideally not get injured. 
But uh, it's the same with money management. Now, everybody, of course, is going to deal with different circumstances, and you, you adjust, but that's one of the things is that you're setting aside of money for, for when you might have to adjust for different circumstances. And I just didn't do that, so I'm fortunate that I did not get burned. Um, and that's what I'm that, – so when I talk about that, that's what I'm making reference to. It's not a case of going – yeah, I would have set aside this amount of money, but I was busy like out going out and drinking all the time or I was busy, you know, betting on sports all the time and I lost, you know, $25,000 over the course of a few years to a bookie. That's not what it was. Um just didn't know any better. Just didn't know any better. And we talked about this a little bit on the Facebook Live test run, which I know, you know, it was a dry run, so it wasn't a real show, but uh, that in talking about, you know, with young page views being a part of Barstool uh, and what Barstool has built, and I'm not saying Inside STL would have been Barstool at all. I don't think it would have been. Um, but when I started it in 2005, my level of naivete um, is somewhat embarrassing because, again, I'm in my late 20s and I should know better. But I'm, I, I went to school for journalism and I wasn't a business person. I, you know, I, it just the entrepreneurial thing was like, oh, I'm going to do this because I'm bored. And... Uh, should have had some form of foresight because people did come to me and say, man, this is things really taken off. You ought to look at doing this like in some other cities and just never really did it. And I think the difference, I think, because I don't know what Dave Portnoy, who uh, obviously is one of the founders, now the president of Barstool, or I was always been the president of Barstool, I think. And I know a lot of you are stoolies, so uh, you would correct me on it. I'm not by any means of anything. I admire what they have built. How can you not? Uh, you know, I think that was his main gig. Uh, but I know he spent time handing out the, the Barstool print edition at the subway, whereas I was in a different spot and I was, I had a, I had a job that fortunately was compensating me well. So the inside STL thing, I didn't have, I didn't have, to, I wasn't starving. So I wasn't eating what I killed. I was kind of like eating like dessert. That's what inside STL was. And so I didn't have that almost necessary hunger. If you're lacking the presence of mind to go, God, I need to do this. Now I need to do this. Now I need to do this because you're comfortable. And comfortable can sometimes be uh, somehow counterproductive, actually, to to experiencing greater success. So when I talk about money management, that's what I'm talking about. Um, it's just it's 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 really it's a lack of knowledge because if I knew, I would have handled it differently. And that's why when I talk about Mark Hanna, it, I that's why because I know he'll people he'll, he'll explain to people, give him the recipe, and I am going to remember to do the email, which is an upset. I gave myself three percent, but I got this email. Oh, uh, not even a week ago, actually, now that I'm reading it. Uh, it was sent on Thursday, November 1st. Tim, I just wanted to pass along some feedback on Mark Hanna. After countless times wincing as you did your read on the podcast for him because the mere topic of personal finances made me uncomfortable and even anxious, I got in touch with him a few weeks ago. And like you have shared, I was stupid with my money in my younger days to the point of being ashamed about it and have some debt issues to work through in the near term caused by careless spending decisions uh, I mentioned your name and set up time with Mark for my wife and me to discuss with him. And I will just say that he is, has been awesome, reassuring us that we weren't idiots, giving us a solid plan to clean up the short-term mess and a good framework for the long term. Since the goal is debt reduction at the moment as opposed to investing while we are pursuing some insurance products that will provide him cash flow, uh, he's not going to get rich on us in the short term. That said, you wouldn't know it by the service he's been providing. And that's, that's why I say it, and that's why I'm so passionate about it, because I know for me, if I would have had him around in my 20s or 30s, I'd be in a much better spot. And I know that sounds almost so simplified. It doesn't seem realistic and an overstatement for the purpose of a commercial, but it's the truth. Because once I met with some people who 
uh, could set me right financially. It just changed the world. And then I'm like, oh. like if somebody wouldn't, as dumb as this sounds for a lot of you, many of whom have kids, I had no idea what a 529 was at this time last year. And I realize I'm talking to some people right now who are younger and have no idea what a 529 is right now, but it's what you set aside for, it's, um, you know, tax-free for your children for education. I didn't even know what it was. And it had no, nobody said anything about it. I would have just gone like, yeah, well, I guess the time's going to come here in 18 years. I'm going to have to pay for Jameson's college tuition. Just just be ready for that. And didn't even realize it's just that's the stuff. And you need to know this stuff. And if you can do something about it now, so the blow isn't that bad in 18 years, you do it. And that's just the, th that's the thing that I missed on. And that's what I talk about, about being embarrassed, because I just I should know better. That's 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 my reasoning. Next question comes from Todd. Can you detail and or give some perspective on cost of spots? Wow. Uh, expectations, length of contracts from the sponsors. Curious as to why some, and go, some come and go so quickly. Maybe some positive and negative relationships you've had with sponsors over the course of your career. I appreciate you considering the email and enjoy your content. That comes from Todd. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to do First off, regarding the radio, I mean, it's not my business. Um, but the podcast is my business and I wouldn't disclose rates. I'm happy to discuss rates, whether it be for my podcast or for my show with Dan McLaughlin, uh, or our events and all that stuff. Um, because as that's something that I have ownership in and that's my place to do it. But for the radio station, it would not be my place to do it as I'm not involved in the management or ownership of it. Uh, and I certainly wouldn't appreciate anybody in the radio station's management or ownership talking about our rates. So you got to respect that it's a two way street. Um, so, you know, it's a case-by-case -case basis. Uh, TMA, fortunately, is a successful show. I think even the people who hate it would acknowledge that, but maybe not. Maybe there's still people holding on that it's not. Um, and so, as you can imagine, it's the, the cost is a premium, as it should be, because you're reaching more people, and the people who have been on it have gotten an ROI, which is why I disagree with at least one premise of the email, which is curious as to why some come and go so quickly. Uh, and I can do this from memory. Ryan Kelly has been on as the title sponsor of the show for, I think, seven years. I think seven years. It might be longer. Um, appliance discounters have been the sponsors of the phone lines for, God, I think it might be in the four or five year range. Hot Shots has been a sponsor in some capacity for years, for certain. I mean, might be longer than anybody, actually. Coming and going, uh, I would disagree with that that phrasing. Who else is it? Uh, you know, Gateway Buick GMC was a longtime studio sponsor. That's that's also in the four or five years. And then they unfortunately are no longer in business. But right away, Johnny Landoff Chevrolet is sponsor of the podcast at uh, Landoff.com. God bless the Landoffs. Big fans. Um, and the Highway 270, Washington Elizabeth exit. Uh, immediately, once they knew that that was open, jumped on it. Um, so in the case of Gateway, they went out of business. Uh, Johnny Landoff immediately jumped on it because they knew there was an audience there. And I don't, I don't know who, I, and now I'm going to design air. Seth's story, Seth is a sponsor of the podcast also, tells the story, and I don't think he would mind me telling this, that he had been trying to convince some people to get on board with the show for a little while and finally won the case he had been presenting. And then they immediately saw so many of our listeners uh, do business with Design Air, designairservice.com, that it was kind of like, a, how, how do you like me now? You know, where are all the TMA haters now, so to speak, uh, at their office? Because they saw what happened with the advertising. And so from my standpoint with the advertising, first off, and I don't know why this is, maybe it's because of the DNA that I have being the son of a, a salesman 
Um, and my dad still is selling and just loves selling. I love going out and meeting with people, clients, whether it be people I already know and just having lunch with them or playing golf with them or BSing with them, having a drink, uh, and then getting to know new people. I just, I really like that. And, um, I don't know why, I guess it's a good thing that I do. I guess it'd be a problem if I didn't, but I, I also know just some on air people just aren't comfortable with it. Uh, but it's, it's, to me, it's, it's a, the more important part of the job than the actual hosting of the show, unless your show is such a powerhouse that you can kind of just be like a, you know, hermit and, and don't have to meet with advertisers because they're going to want to be on your show anyway. Um, but you got to provide a return on investment for them. They're not just going to do it just because they like the show. If the show is not giving you a return on investment, then they're throwing dollars away. So fortunately we give our clients a return on investment, which has been so exciting for me with like James Carlton and Mark Hanna. When they, when they text me and say, man, I got another call today, got another call today, and I'm just like, and then James Carlton, you know, especially for insurance, which had been such a tough nut to crack for the number of advertisers, and he stuck through it, and in, and then finally then it broke through, and now I switched to James Carlton, 314-961-4800. Um, so I, that's that's the key, you know, um, as far as why some come and go so quickly. So there's there's all of our main title sponsors and studio sponsors and so on with the show, they're all still there and they've been there for years and I'm citing examples. So then I think you, you're, you'd be able to go, yeah, I guess you're right. They all still there. Some or some are just flighted campaigns, you know, like a Harry's razors or something might be on for October and, but then they're not on for the remainder of the fourth quarter. Uh, Giraffe Kings back in the day when they were on, um, which was a great sale. That was my sale. I'm very proud of that one because Giraffe Kings is a company that's obviously a monster company. And the monster companies hire ad agencies. And that's why there are Nielsen ratings, formerly known as Arbitron ratings, because these ad agencies are not buying personalities. They're not listening to the show most of the time. I'm talking upper 90% of the time. They're not based out of St. Louis. So they don't know or even really care what show uh, really has a big following if it does not have ratings. And that's what TMA would fall into. Uh, you put TMA on an FM station, it immediately has ratings. Um, and, and and everybody in the St. Louis market is well aware of that. You can take an unpopular show on KFNS or a small AM station that you would want to cite. I don't know which one you would want to cite. KFNS is a station that's been around and has had, uh, you know, I mean, it's been a, a force in St. Louis sports radio for a couple of decades. Uh, but I'm talking about like a small AM, so like 920 when we were there. And I love Burt Kaufman, the owner of that station. You take a show there and put it on FM, it's going to get ratings. Um, but people don't understand how it works. Just like if you got into the intricacies of your business, assuming it's not broadcasting, you explained it to me, I'd get lost. So I realize I'm kind of getting into the weeds on this stuff, but they buy ratings. And so it's, you have ad agency business and you have local direct business. Well, TMA is built on local direct business. Why? Well, ad agencies aren't going to buy us because we don't have ratings. Now some still do, but local clients do buy us because they've heard that they're going to get a return on their investment, which is why I'm thrilled when I hear a new one come on board because I'm like, I can't wait for this to happen. It's going to be another success story. I already know it because now I've seen the, seen the way it plays out here over the last uh, number of years. But with DraftKings, just because I played DraftKings, um, I recall reaching out to them and, and they're just like, well, what are your numbers? And I'm like, yeah, we don't have any. And they're like, well, I'm sorry. You know, appreciate the phone call. And I'm like, hold on. Give me two weeks. Give me two weeks. And if you don't see our audience creating accounts and playing games, and we'll create a private game, 
I will send your money back. I will send your money back. I'll send your money back and then some because I'm betting on the audience. And I know the audience is what the audience is going to do. The audience is going to come through. And sure enough, uh, not only does the audience, you know, file the DraftKings, DraftKings then buys uh, a year-long buy because they're like, oh, my God, they might not have ratings, but they certainly have an audience. So those are the success stories that actually get me going. Um, because you're having to overcome some form of an obstacle that's out of our control. I'm not bitter about it at all, because if we were on a station where you had to monitor ratings, we wouldn't be able to do the hour-long segments, and we'd have to do weird teases and probably segments that would, you know, not be organic. Um, but, yeah, that hopefully gives you some background onto it. Uh, let's see. What else? The One more email, and then I'll go to the fan page. Hello, Tim, longtime TMA lister, and I had a question for your QFTA podcast. This email of the day era on TMA is the best I've heard in a while. My question, is this the funniest era in TMA email of the day history? And who is on your Mount Rushmore of funniest listeners, emailers, texters, callers? Thanks. That's from Tom W. What a wonderful question. For those who don't listen to TMA, uh, I'm sure incredibly confusing. And for those who don't listen to the uh, Hot Shots email of the day, uh, also confusing, but in reference to it being the funniest era, I don't know. I feel like saying yes, a prisoner of the moment play, but I will say, I feel like with a couple of the emailers, they make me laugh so hard every day at this moment that I can't get through them. And I don't feel like I ever had that happen. There have been one or two emails at a time here and there over the years that have done that, but not like the depth that's there right now. And I think part of that is just Iggy and people focusing in on him. But back in the day, it was producer Joe. Um, there's always somebody. There always has to be the foil. Uh, and the best part about it, then the key is the foil can't care. And Iggy just doesn't care. And producer Joe just doesn't care. And that's the thing that makes it so good. Um, as far as the Mount Rushmore, can never go wrong with a great Mount Rushmore. The Mount Rushmore... Um, Timmy Tom Tom, we are living in exciting times with Timmy Tom Tom. I think he's there. Justin in Columbia is HOF all day. So this is dangerous because I'm going to leave people out, and I will legitimately get emails complaining when I leave people out. Um, uh, bah, bah, bah. I mean, I'm just doing it from, I feel like Uncle Carl with a K's double-sided fleshlight had a great run uh, going back like seven years or something like that. P. Humps a Hall of Famer. Uh, Doug always talks about the Rat and Bloomsdale and the West County Turkey Baster. Uh, bah, Misty Plops, of course. Whoever DJ Gabe 911 was, that's a, that's a rare October 2018 and then just stopped writing in, at least at the time being. There are so many good ones. And here's what I will say that I can say with confidence while I'm leaving people out, most likely on the Hot Shots email of the day, Mount Rushmore. These people are comedic geniuses. Like, I couldn't do that. You know, I and, and nothing against Doug or the cat either. It's a compliment to the listeners. I don't think they could do it either. Um, the, the, these, are, these are guys like Dotem, for example. I mean, Dotem is an incredibly bright, just like normal guy, uh, great guy with a wonderful fiance now, uh, you know, lives in Chicago and works for, an, uh, you know, a very well-known company. And yet, He's doing that, and then he can write this, like, just incredibly perverse but yet amusing prose nearly every day. So so these people are, are winning from my standpoint because they're not in our weird business. They're in legitimate operations, uh, 
but yet they get their creative outlet through our show. So they're using us, but I'm more than happy to be used uh, because they, they write in some incredible stuff. So, um, you know, Dotem obviously is, is first ballot Hall of Famer. All right, going to the TMA fan page and the questions from the audience. When it comes time for young Jameson to attend post-high school education, will you guide him to a four-year university, a trade school, let him in on the family business? Uh, Follow-up speculative question. Do you think four-year universities will be as prevalent as they are today, given the increasing student debt? Side note, I'm not so sure that I will encourage my children to go to a four-year university, but we'll just see how this all shakes out. That's from Josh on the fan page. Uh, My honest answer, and now maybe parents with uh, children who are older would say, oh, we'll see about that. Um, but my honest answer is it's, it's what, what he's passionate about. That's the thing that I feel most importantly about. Uh, not what I'm passionate about, what he's passionate, because if he's passionate about it, there's a better chance that he will be good at it. And I don't want to go, okay, well, you're getting really good grades. So therefore you got to get into law school. You got to try to get into medical school, or you got to go to this school or whatever the case might be. Um, I certainly, if now what the broadcasting business will look like by the time he's 18 years old, I mean, my God, look how much it's changed. Fuck, look how much it's changed in eight months since Dan McLaughlin and I were doing our six months since we were doing our, our Facebook lives and spring training. I mean, it, you know, I don't know what it's going to look like for TV stations and radio stations in 18 years. I don't even know if they'll exist. I really don't. When you can set up tripods in your basement and have, you know, studio quality shows. Uh, with overhead that is damn near nil minus labor costs. I mean, the game is changing, and it is changing so rapidly. But let's assume that this thing that exists in 2018 exists in 2036, and I would certainly bet against that. I would I would absolutely caution him against this all day long. And it's not because, I mean, I, I recognize that I'm a lottery ticket winner, um, for as self-deprecating as we all are about our careers, me, Doug, the cat, we're lottery ticket winners because there were hundreds of other people in our classes who wanted to do what we're doing and now doing, you know, and one's in their 40s, one's in their 50s, and one's in their 60s. Uh, so that means we've done it for, you know, shit, I don't know, combined nearly 100 years. Uh, and that's rare. So we're very lucky. But as you know, we have dealt with some obstacles that are not fun, and there are plenty of obstacles that you don't know about that we have dealt with uh, to keep the show together. And I really wouldn't want that for anybody. It's it's not a fun or easy thing. Um, you know, I see sometimes on our TMA fan page, people get upset about, you know, somebody throwing shade at them. And this is on a, a Facebook page. And granted, there's, you know, whatever, close to 7,000 members, so it's not like it's in front of nobody but it's still, relatively speaking, quote, only 7,000 members. Imagine reading things about yourself that you know are fake or that you know are being made up because somebody hates you or blames you or they're trying to destroy you and, and have it happen in your hometown. And I've had that. And it's, it's, it's a miserable, like in the St. Louis Post is bad. And it's just not fun. Now I'm able to turn the other cheek. So far I've been able to anyway. Um, you know, over the years of this stuff happening, I mean, it goes back years, but it's just not fun and it's just not stable. Um, I don't think it has to be that way, but that's, that's what I think about. Then there's the other thing that probably more people think about, which is, uh, how tough it is to get a job, you know, for every one Joe Buck, my God, there are I don't know about tens of thousands, but certainly thousands of people who want that job. 
uh, who are in the field, not just like people go, oh, yeah, it'd be sweet to make millions of dollars and call the Super Bowl and World Series. I'm talking about people who are actually in the field who want that job. And that's why these television stations in particular, because that's what stands out to me, are able to pay such low salaries, relatively speaking. I think uh, people would be surprised by what these dollars are um, because they're so, it's like a bunch of starving artists. It's like, oh. St. Louis, yeah, if I go to St. Louis, then that'll lead me to New York, and then I go to New York, then I go to the network. Well, it's but then it's like that's not necessarily leading to, to more dollars because it's the same deal there. There are people dying to get to New York and to the network. So unless you actually generate non-replaceable revenue, uh, you're replaceable. And uh, I'm telling you, that Howard Stern, when I used to watch him on uh, E! Entertainment Television, and I don't know what the backstory was. Maybe somebody who's listening will remember this. I think it was the late 90s. Might have been early 2000s. Had uh, some reporters in for like a press conference, and he said something along the lines of, look at you all. He goes, you're all dressed up, all think you're super important, but you're all replaceable. You're all, your stations could all fire each and every one of you today, and it, it wouldn't mean a thing to them in the bottom line, which is harsh to hear in any business, but especially in television where it's kind of like I'm a big marvelous star because I'm on TV, but it's, it's faux, you know, and by that, I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's a false sense of value. Um, and then on top of it, as time passes, your marketable job skills to other industries decline. And then you go out in the job market and it's like, oh my God, I'm 40 years old. And all I've been doing is reading off a teleprompter. That's not a real desirable commodity for a for another field. And so it, it just boxes you in. That's the danger of it. If you get lucky, it can be wonderful, but we've gotten lucky and it still has had, had its issues. So that's why I hesitate on that regarding education. You know, my, my honest answer is, uh, I, I keep saying it, but I don't, it just, it hasn't changed yet. And that there's got to be a bubble on education. And then you can talk about, you know, nationally with, with college education, but I look at it from a private school standpoint locally. I mean, at some point, I would think that a school is going to have to go, well, we can't, we can't get to a point where it's $40,000 a year to go to high school. But then some people, friends of mine who live in Manhattan, who are paying 80 grand a year to send their kids to high school, which I realize is a cost of living adjustment, go, oh, yeah, it can go higher. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it just is going to keep going. And, and maybe that'll lead to some of the private schools shutting down. I guess that seems like a fair bet. Um you know, but, um, I don't know, man. I don't know. We have that decision coming up fairly soon with regard to, you know, like what, uh, I don't know. See, I for Catholic school kids in South city, we call it grade school. And I guess it's elementary school, uh, as my wife calls it as a, uh, proud public school graduate, uh, on what to do with our son. And that's, that's a religion based decision for us. Um, but also, I mean, we live in Kirkwood, so we're fortunate enough to have a great school district, but, I don't know. I don't know. Um, the question's a great question. It's a great question, kind of out of nowhere question, but I love the question. Uh, and my honest answer is I don't know, but it's the first time I've ever had to think about it. And then you think about all these other elements that are related to it, specifically the religion element. Um, and, you know, that's something for my wife and I, who I think we're both on the same page, even though we're different religions, uh, at least born in two different religions. Um, you know, I think I think we both adhere to the teachings of uh, Christianity, and by that I mean like the lessons that are uh, attributed to Jesus. But like this kind of 
modern form of Christianity that's used to like pick passages to then justify disliking certain people or things, uh, or like saying, yeah, you gotta, you gotta make money, uh, here, take this passage and justify it. That's just, that's just not something we're on board with. I mean, it's just, it's, we just find that gross, uh, and want nothing for us. We want nothing to do with it. Whereas I'm sure plenty of the people who would be offended that I said, I find that those kinds of thought processes gross are absolutely grossed out by me. So, you know, live and let live. But, you know, when we're talking about our child, that's the, uh, that's the, that's the thing that we would have to, to navigate. And I, and I really don't know how we'll handle that. I really don't know how we'll handle that because I loved my education at St. Gabriel's and at St. Louis U High, but obviously there's a religious element to that. So, you know, it's a case-by-case thing. But I feel like with St. Louis U High, and again, this is at least in the 1990s, the Jesuit education encourages questioning things which I think helps the critical thought process, which helps you as you grow up and introduces it to you in your, you know, formative years. Um, so that's where the value on that comes from. So I don't know on the, the elementary school and the middle school and all of that. I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, but good question, Josh. Hey, let me make sure that I, uh, I've already talked quite a bit about Mark Hanna and Evergreen Wealth Strategies. And I also talked about switching James Carlton at the Carlton uh, State Farm Insurance Agency um, and Mike Judy and the home loan expert. But I want to make sure I say this, the sponsors make the thing possible. So if you like questions from the audience, if you like the interviews, part two of Young Page Views coming up. Uh, if you haven't listened to part one, make sure you listen. It's all about the sponsors. So if you want to be a sponsor, we would love to have you. And whether it be on this podcast uh, or whether it be on the show that I'm doing with Dan McLaughlin or you want to get on TMA, email me, tmckernan at insidestl.com. And like I said, I just love meeting new people and BSing with them. Um, we obviously have something in common if you're listening to this, so it'd probably be an entertaining conversation, uh, just to sit and bullshit. So that's what I like to do. Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Uh, let's see. A few days ago on the show, you said you got a Greitens vibe from Hawley, but on your podcast, Jack Danforth spoke highly of him. I know you hold Senator Danforth in high regard, so could you elaborate on your read on Hawley? Um, yeah, this is something I've been getting a lot of, uh, questions about, um, which is great. And I addressed it on TMA this morning and I addressed it on the TMA fan page. Um, but I also recognize not everybody listens to it and not everybody reads it. And so, uh, it's an opportunity for me to, to tell the story, um, regarding Josh Hawley and regarding Jack Danforth. From my standpoint, uh, I personally do not like and I am of the opinion that a politician or a business person uses religion, any kind of religion, um, to win votes. I don't like, take another step further, uh, I don't like when someone uh, would say, for example, vote for me because I am this, whatever race that might be, whatever gender that might be, whatever religion that might be, whatever sexual orientation that might be, I'm not on board with that. And I know it, obviously it goes on, and I know people make those decisions based on that, and I understand that. I personally don't like it. And I guess with specific to religion, one of the things, and this is what I speak to when I when I talk about like the actual teachings that I learned anyway, uh, both in grade school and high school, and actually also in college, um, taking religion, uh, the fundamentals of religion in college, that one of the teachings, of at the very least Catholicism, and I suppose that's all I can speak to, and maybe it's different for other denominations of Christianity, I don't know, 
uh, is humility. And if anything, uh, and then and then Jesus speaks of the modern day, or not the modern day, I call modern day Philistines, but the Philistines, like letting everybody know how religious they are and and doing it for show. So if we're adhering to the actual teachings, then to utilize it and almost brag about it, like the guy with the pillow commercial and his monster cross, uh, it's being done. It's being done to get business. It's being done to get votes. And I just, I have a real problem with that. I personally do. I'm not saying you should. I'm just telling you I do. So when you ask why I feel that way regarding Josh Hawley, that is my reasoning. I thought that in the 2016 attorney general race. Um, and I certainly wasn't, I wasn't like, oh, he's doing it again and to run for U.S. Senate in Missouri. I mean, it, that was obvious he was going to do that and he did it. And, um, and that's one of the reasons why I am a huge fan of Jack Danforth is because he is against um, a person or a party calling themselves the party of God. In his book, Faith and Politics, in 2006, he specifically said one of the real risks of the Republican Party, of which he is a member and served as a U.S. senator uh, for, is calling one party the party of God itself the party of God because that means that, that then the other party is not. And then if the other party is not and one party is the party of God, well, then how can you compromise on the party that is actually speaking on behalf of God? First off, how do you know? But, I mean, it's, it's a good tactic, I suppose. Um, but when you break it down, I mean, how do you know? I mean, you know, you don't. Uh, and so, so it leads to a lack of compromise, which is really one of his big themes. Um, which is one of the reasons why he's frustrated by what he sees in his old home in Washington. So you have that element, and then I just will just find it disingenuous. And then regarding Josh Hawley specifically, as he was running for attorney general, uh, you know, he said, I'm not going to use this as a, as a launching pad for other political offices. And then what happens, you know, a year later, he's announcing that he's running for Senate. And so Jack Danforth and I had lunch a couple of weeks ago, as I know I've made reference to here, uh, and I we kind of had our back and forth about Josh Hawley, and I think he was aware going into lunch that I was not a fan, and I, of course, was aware that he was, as he had mentioned it on this very show, that he was a fan. And I said to him, uh, he goes, well, what do you think? And I said, well, I don't like him. And I explained my religion reason, which I just laid out for you there, uh, and then I said I have a problem with somebody running for an office based on one particular tenet and then totally going against it. Um, and I just find it to be very disingenuous. And it's not the kind of person that I want representing my home state in Washington in the Senate. It's my premise. Uh, and he leans back in his chair and he kind of smiles and he said, so you're telling me you have a problem with somebody running for uh, U.S. Senate as the attorney general? And I said, that's correct. And I smiled because I said, I know what you're doing because I know you were attorney general and then ran for U.S. Senate. The difference is you didn't say you weren't going to run for U.S. Senate when you were campaigning for attorney general. And that's my core issue. And then he said, well, you know, you're right. He said, but the thing about Josh is, is that it's, I don't believe that he was thinking that when he was running. I think a number of people, including myself, really think he would be great for the office. And so we encouraged him to run. Um, and so he knew he was going to take heat for that and, but we still felt like it was worth it. Now, the thing that I'd be really curious about, and I don't, and I would think he would talk about it if we had him on is Senator Danforth has been quite outspoken, um, against 
the manner with which Donald Trump conducts himself. So how would he feel about Josh Hawley hitching his wagon to Donald Trump? Um, and I don't have the answer to that. That's not, you know, we talked about plenty in this lunch, but that's not one of the things that we talked about. So that's where I think a lot of people go, yeah, I really agree with you on Jack Danforth, but his guy is Josh Hawley, and Josh Hawley did not distance himself at all from Donald Trump. If anything, it probably played a role in the fact that he won by as much as he won by. Um, so that's the backstory on it. Hopefully it answers your question. It might make people upset. I don't know what to tell you. It's not my personal views, uh, but I'm explaining the backstory. Uh, all right, there it is. I've already kept you long enough. I've gone uh, a while, and I try to, to keep these things uh, as, as brief as possible. Uh, thank you to all of our sponsors. As always, you can email in your questions. I love getting the questions via email. People seem to be a little more comfortable when they're emailing them, and they know they're going to be private. I'm not going to name names unless you want me to, uh, as in when you send it in. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. I think we have an email server finally now where I'm getting all my emails, by the way, uh, which is wonderful. I also know that's very basic, but... Um, you know, that's, uh, that's something that we were having issues with. So just as an FYI on that, uh, and, uh, send your emails in or post them on the TMA fan page. I always enjoy answering questions and questions from the audience. Thank you to Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert.com. Thank you also to Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Thank you to Mike Judy of Mike Judy Presents. Thank you to Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling. Thank you to Johnny Landoff Chevrolet. And thank you to who else have I left out, Gangster Pete? I don't know. I feel like I left somebody out, and I hate to do that because I'm doing it off the top of my head, but I think I included everybody in there. Maybe I didn't. Johnny Landoff Chevrolet, yeah, I-270, Seth Goldcamp, Design Air Heating and Cooling. Either way, the sponsors make the thing possible, and we're very grateful for them. We're th grateful for you for listening. Email me your questions at teamrecurrent at InsideSTL.com. Thank you for listening to another edition of Questions from the Audience on the InsideSTL podcast network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studio.